two entities exist right now, and I both have great success at right. drawing people. All I want is one last tour right. for the fans. Mo, Larry, and Curly on the same stage, reminding people, oh, that's what that was about. Because they can't be sticks without me. They cannot. And I cannot be sticks without them. But to this day, if you said, put on that squeeze box and play for 40 minutes, <laughs> you could do I that. can do it, right. baby. I can do it. But how'd you come up with that? I mean, the lick for Lady is a pretty uh, complicated piano part. I'm a genius. Right. Hey, everybody. My name is Todd Meisner, and I wanted to welcome you to the first episode of The Bridge, a new podcast from the Quad City Times and the Dispatch Argus. Our first episode is Jonathan Turner's interview with famous musician, the leader of Sticks for a very long time, Dennis DeYoung. Jonathan, give us a thumbnail sketch of the interview. It was a big thrill to talk to him. Styx was one of my favorite bands growing up in the 70s, and he's a really funny guy, very down-to-earth, very friendly. He kind of talked about his great career that he's had and his upcoming tour. He's got a new album coming out in April. He actually got to record with Julian Lennon, but he's a lot of fun to talk to. It really was a great interview. So let's get it started. Unknown cooler. Hello, this is Jonathan. Jonathan, I just want to know one thing. What the hell is wrong with you people, for goodness sakes? You're going to release those results the day after inauguration? <laughs> or what's going on? Hey, don't blame me for the caucuses. We just report on what's going on. I, I have no idea. Ah. You know what Pretty this much. Does? This, it's this, embarrassing. This, yeah, it just goes to show you how valuable those smoke-filled rooms used to be. <laughs> they make no, all the decisions for everybody? That, because they, they knew... They knew one thing, electability. Right, right. That's right. They, had to, they didn't expect a bunch of people who half of them aren't paying attention. <laughs> yep. Anyway, well, uh, ain't, that, ain't that America? But there you go. Right. Democracy is messy. Oh, messy. Well, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa's got a special messy. Yeah, let me just say this. Too, much time, too much time spent in the machine shed. Iowa Machine Shed. There's a there's a popular restaurant called Iowa Machine Shed. That's why I said it. Oh, okay. How familiar you were with Davenport? I'm I'm very familiar with everything in Iowa. Really? Yeah, I saw. I saw in your tour schedule you've been through some small towns in Iowa too. I have over a career that spans 500 years now. I know, pretty much. So you're going to be when they, here when they invented the musical spoon. I was singing with it <laughs> right right after they invented fire and the wheel. Yeah. Well, that was 15 minutes after. What, right. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 56. Well, see, how did that happen? I grew up on your music. How the hell did that happen? I don't, I don't, I don't feel that old. <laughs> Weren't you just in high school? For so I know I told my uh, coworker here, I, I'm a musician myself. I studied music. I played piano forever and I gave an eighth grade career talk on becoming a musician when I wanted to grow up. So I played uh, in eighth grade uh, in 78. I played my uh, Come Sail Away version for the class and everybody loved it. You sound like a genius. Hey, I love Come Sail Away. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> and the grand illusion. I've, I've written worse songs. <laughs> well, uh, it's, congratulations on all the success. It's amazing. 
Um, you're going to be, you're going to be here around your, uh, 73rd birthday is coming up. I, you're the second person to mention that to me today. So February, Christ February is your birthday month, right? Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that because quite <laughs> frankly, when you get this age, you go, Hey, it's your birthday. You go, shut up. <laughs> Don't remind me. Yeah. And um, 50, uh, 50th wedding anniversary too. Just got back <clears throat> from, um, do a special trip. We want, we have, a, um, uh, we, we went down to Florida right? and, uh, because that's where all old people go. And, well, and it's um, winter. You got to go someplace warm. What am I doing here in Chicago? Seriously? Right. right. So, um, uh, we went down there and celebrated, but you know what? Uh, we had, we just, my wife and I, my, my daughter's down there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got sick the morning of, uh, of the, uh, of the anniversary. We're going to no, go to no. this show. Yeah. I just got not, not flu. You're sick I, you know, in Florida? Stomach, stomach, <laughs> stomach flu. Right. And then she got it a couple of days later. I get, we, 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 oh, we no. probably ate a bad clam. Who knows? Right. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. We're in so Florida. We, we, we stayed, we stayed at Boca. You're right. Yeah. We went to Boca and, uh, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, the weather was, so, listen, you live, you live in Davenport? Uh, yeah, pretty much in the town next town over. Yeah. Um, it was like perfect weather for Good. the whole month. I mean, it was ridiculous. So, uh, you know, but it hasn't been really that cold this year. So global warming, I'm holding out in my house <laughs> in Chicago. You, soon everyone, right. everyone down in the coast is going to want to live in the Midwest by the lake. So how come you haven't moved to Florida? Um, I still is, travel. Oh, the truth sure, of the matter right. is I travel and, and you cannot travel out of a better um city than chicago to go anywhere in the continental united states right i've oftentimes said if you have if you're flying somewhere in the continental united states right right and you have and you have to change centrally located if you have to change planes you don't want to go there (laughs) yep we we were on vacation just last month and we came back to o'hare on the night they had the big snowstorm so we got delayed six hours so that was fun coming back yeah, my yeah, wife's I from know. the western suburbs. She grew up in Downers Grove. That's I could, I could almost hit her from here. No, right? yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, I live in the western suburbs. So where'd you where'd you grow up in Chicago? Southside. Oh yeah, hundred hundred right in the city. Yeah, um, my, yeah. Her parents were first in Hyde Park, and her sister went to U of C. Right. <clears throat> well, Hyde Park gets nearly Chicago. Right. <laughs> Hyde Park is Hyde Park is something else. They, they actually claim it's in, they, they claim it's in Chicago, but if you ever been there, you go. It's its own its own yeah. world, right? Yeah, totally. So, totally. <laughs> yep, they lived. They actually lived in the apartment complex that the Obamas later lived in in Hyde Park. Did I say more? <laughs> so there you go. Okay. So, I first my question uh, getting to the concert is: You're still celebrating the 40th anniversary of Grand Illusion? Is it? Is that a three well, year okay. three year 40th anniversary? We're going to milk this thing till it stops right. giving. Look. <laughs> the, t- the tour that doesn't stop. Did you expect such honesty? Look. I did, as, I did it as as a, well, I'm old. What do I have to care what you think or anybody right. else? I know. Right? I gave that up. Um, <laughs> I, I did it as a lark. We were playing in Chicago on the day, 7-7-17. That was 40 years ago. The actual the, anniversary, out, right? Yeah. Right. I said, I hate the idea. And all he says always have of doing an entire album because no matter really? what you say there's a 
yeah, there's a couple on you go, yeah, meh, don't have to do that one. Yeah. Uh, so. Or people are I just going to compare it to the original. It doesn't sound like that. I'll, I'll just do, I'll just do, do it once. Right. Well, it sold out so fast and the palpable excitement sure. by the fans was beyond my comprehension. What was, what was the venue in Chicago? Uh, the Arcada. I thought, what? Why? And, and you know, the, we played the concert and people were like, <laughs> you know, they're always excited. Sure, they were more sure. excited. And yet still, could I put my finger on it? No. But it's it's really my job. And so this then, is the job. Right. Is 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 sure. to please an audience. This sure. is this is how you you know, you continue to continue to pay the rent. So All right. <clears throat> they liked it. And so then we tried it three more times. Right. Just putting our toe into the pool. <laughs> Same thing every time. Right. So now we're we're starting the third year of it. And <laughs> um I, I just go it, it's, listen, well, I was in I was in Jesus Christ Superstar. I did 260 performances, right? right? Pontius Pilate, right? And and here's what I thought. I, here's what my definition was. And this is the same thing about doing the Grand Delusion album, right? Ready? Yeah. Uh, can't explain it and can't deny it. <laughs> can't explain the popularity, <laughs> really? I can't. Ex- I, Jesus Christ Superstar. I'd watch the show, right? Okay. Can't explain it. Can't deny it. <laughs> Where was that a national tour for Superstar? Yeah, I did it in New York. We did a whole whole North American tour. Right, right. And um and, and then ended up in New York and we did it there. Right. So it was, you know, it it was again. It, first of all, let's let's start with the, the, the obvious. Jesus. <laughs> he's he's popular. Right. Got a whole religion built around it. He's popular. Yep. Sing some songs. Yep. They like it. I'm not going to argue with them. <laughs> like I say, it's kind of a built-in built audience for Jesus. Yeah, we start our concerts. We play the first four songs in a row, and the people go mental. Right. Okay. Sure. It, oh, yeah. It's devised to get them to do that. Right. So when the, when the applause dies down, I always look at them. I go, well, I'm not going to argue with you. So you don't do it straight through? You don't do the whole album straight through? We do. This this right. concert we're doing in, in, in Davenport. It's Davenport, right, right? Right. Yeah. Rhythm City. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, so much music came out of there. Anyway, um we play the whole album start to finish. Right. With no interruptions, and then we come back and play all the greatest hits that sure. were not on that on the album. All which right. whereas as it turns well, out that'll a lot. take four more hours to do. Oh God. Right. Listen, I, we, we went and backed up Heart. Oh yeah. And um and Nancy came up to me wow. there after we played and she said, Boy, you guys got a lot of hits. And I thought to myself well, Hart's got a lot of hits too, right? Not as many as us. <laughs> and that's the truth. So, are you going to do like 40th anniversary pieces of eight or other? No, Kilroy was no. here. Other album? No, <laughs> no other albums no, all the way through. No, no, nope, nope, not, not going to do it. <laughs> are you a writer of, about music or yeah, they just right? Just... I'm arts, arts specific. Yeah. Okay, so you do everything, right? It's the rock writers that I'm talking about. Yeah, morons. <laughs> Or if you don't know anything about music, it's kind of hard to write about it. You, nobody can write about music. You either. Well, you can't write. You can write about li- you can write about lyrics. Right, right. It's, it's intellectual. Kind of, it's indefinable. Yeah, but the sound of something. Right, right. It's so personalized, right, subjective, yeah. and right. impossible to define. I hear if you. you. Yeah, if you're going to write about music, the first thing you're going to say, "This sounds like that." 
But that's not a description. I know, right. You can't write about it. So it's it's a feeling. When I call them morons, morons goes like this. The people who invented this musical art form, if that is what it is, I don't know what the art is anyway. Sure. But those who invented it, go back. Little Richard, Jerry, Elvis, Jerry Lee, name them, right? right? They believed in playing to the best of their ability and singing to the best and being in time. And then somewhere in the, you know, in the, I don't know when it was, late 60s, early 70s, the idea of not being very good at what you do, you know, and having more of an attitude. Mm. See what I'm, you follow me? Right. Became the badge of courage. Sure. And I think to myself, that's bullshit. This is ultimately not a social movement, no matter right. what. It, but, you know, Chuck Berry wanted after every concert, mm-hmm. he wanted his money in cash. Got it, kids? <laughs> he wanted to buy a Cadillac. Right, Can right. you dig that? Right. It was what do Elvis do? He wanted to please his mommy. Mm-hmm. This is all we are. We're all trying to please our parents. Sure, sure. Which one was it for you, your mother or your father? Right. I don't yeah, know. Both. You, right. Oh, see? You see? You, they started the me on piano at five years old. Yeah. Where did that go? Right. Well, it's career. You, I, I'm well, still, I'm, still I'm going to tell, tell you what an idiot you are. <laughs> Thanks. Are you ready? Right. First want to be a musician. Then he wants to write for a newspaper. I know. Talk the, about, talk the, about the dying two, professions. two lowest paying professions. <laughs> was Grand. Let me just say this. Wait a minute. I'm on a roll. Don't I stop know. me okay. now. Are you ready? <laughs> All the kids think they, they said music should be free. I said, I agree, I along with mortgage, mortgage payments, bananas, and radial tires. I know, right? Stupid. So there you go. Yeah, people think journalism should be free. What's wrong with people? I mean, not you and me. I know, right. It's all those others. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't, I think I read in your bio that you didn't play... You only learned, I forget which songs, but you didn't play a certain type of piano or a certain instrument until, refresh my memory. Um, yeah, cancel your subscription to Wikipedia. Um, here's, the, here's the fact. You didn't play I, on something I, until you first recorded uh, something. If I had the ability to, I, I know there's a way you can go and change things on Wikipedia. I'm just not motivated. <laughs> right, I know, right. So the deal is... <clears throat> I took accordion lessons at seven years old. Accordion. Yes. Not my mother's not a, piano. My mother was Italian. It was the law. Right. That's what I studied. When, <laughs> when no, when right. the band was formed in 62, I played accordion. We played weddings. It was before the Beatles. 62. And, wow. Yeah. 62. Right. So. We're, so you we're, were 10 I, or something? When is, no, oh, it's 14. Isn't 14. Yeah. 14. Right. Okay. So I, I didn't own a piano until I was 27. Wow. And I, I played lady in the studio at 25. But I had been playing Hammond organ Farfisa and mm-hmm. a Fender Rhodes piano. Uh, taught myself. Really? Um, as, as a teenager uh, when I was older. But it, it got distorted that Dennis DeYoung had no musical experience. But that's, I played accordion. Right. It's different, but I read music. I'm not an idiot. Right. So, um, yeah, but that's what happened. I, 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 I cobbled some money together to buy my first piano when I was 27. But how'd you come up with that? I mean, the lick for ladies is a pretty uh, complicated piano part. 
I'm a genius. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'd like to see that in the title of your article. Right. I spoke with the genius. Dennis He's a DeYoung. genius. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you weren't and, really well versed in piano, how do you come up with that? Um, I wrote it on a Wurlitzer electric piano. Right. Which which has a regular keyboard. Right. Right. Like a piano. Sure. And uh, or this you're a keyboard player. Yeah. Sure. I keep forgetting you actually have some talent other than writing. <laughs> um, okay, let me talk to you as a keyboard player. Right. When you play the accordion, number one, you don't use your thumb. You don't use your thumb on your left yeah, hand. And I've never played the accordion, so forget. Oh, me. it's it's it, it. You think piano's hard? Play the fucking accordion. Right, I know. Because it's, it's heavy. two hands are doing two separate things. Right. You can't see your left hand. <laughs> That's it. Right. And, and, and you, you know, my, my cousin Karen had a piano. She took piano lessons. I would go to play there and to play it. I would lean my head down sideways to look the, because I needed to see the, um, the keys vertically, not horizontally. They right. look completely different. <laughs> I, here's what I do. You go to a music store after this interview and put mm. an accordion on and look at the keys and see what they look like. Right. right. <laughs> they don't look the same. So there's um, certainly certainly not 88 of them. They're like yeah, 15 or 16 I, of them. I or never, something. I, yeah, I never became um, an accomplished pianist ever. Really? Uh, because no, no. I, yeah, listen. You know what? I'm good. I'm as good a faker as you could ever find. <laughs> and um, that that intro, that's an accordion player. Why do you think it goes? Did all those trolls? Because accordion players play trolls all the time. That's their thing. Watch me do this, mom. And my whole <laughs> piano style is based on being an accordion player. So how come you didn't really take up piano until your 20s? <clears throat> um, I mean, I didn't own a piano until I was but, in my 20s. Right, okay. Because when I went from accordion to like uh, a Farfisa organ and then to um, Hammond B3 and synth, um, you didn't need to play the piano. There was a bunch right. of other instruments, you sure. know, that you could play. And I could get by on piano. When you listen to Lady, you thought, oh, that guy plays piano. Right. When you learn Come Sail Away, what did you think? Oh, that guy. I know. That intro? Right. Yeah. Well, I can play it, of course, because I wrote <laughs> it. But if you sit, if you sit down and if you need me to entertain you by playing piano for 10 minutes and not sing any of my songs. You couldn't do it. Don't pay me. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I'm just not that guy. But <clears throat> to this day, if you said, put on that squeeze box and play for 40 minutes, you could do I that. can do it, right. baby. I can do it. Do you take it out for concerts at all? Only at gunpoint. Only at gunpoint. <laughs> I did it on the 96 tour. Mm. Uh, it's on film. It's, it's on, on YouTube someplace. And, uh, and I did it in, I did a German tour by myself, wow. 2006 or seven. And I played it in front of like every night, 18,000 people played the accordion. It was great fun, awesome. you know, because right. um, people watch you play the accordion. And it's like, you know, since there's so little of it being done sure. anywhere, right. when people watch it, they go, oh my God, that's so exciting. Because it, you don't get to see it. And, you know, right. listen, accordions are better than pianos because there is no way you can put a piano on a stage where people can actually see what they need to see. Right. Right. Cause it's so big, but an accordion is like a guitar. Sure. You look at all the stuff happening and the bellows are flying right, and right. the little notes have little sparkles on them. <laughs> and the, you know, it's an exciting instrument, yeah. which is why I was, 
I was attracted to it at seven years old. Right. Do you tour in Italy? Have you played in Italy? Believe it or not, my, my new album that's coming out is an Italian record company. It's Frontiers what? Record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never, ever played in Italy one day in my life. Really? No, the band never played there. Hmm. Back when the band was big, uh, you couldn't go to Italy for the most part because it was everything was run by the mafia. Mm-hmm. And it was traditional. You go there and you know not get paid. And you you give them a requirement right. for the stage, and there would be none of the requirements would be, you know. Yeah. So you so, know record companies in Italy? Frontiers, yeah. You said? Yeah. And when's that coming out? Um the single comes March nine. Awesome. And the album comes on uh April ten. I awesome. did a duet, the first single. I wrote a song for uh, Julian Lennon and I to sing. No way. Way. Awesome. Where you been? <laughs> Davenport. You're just, I don't know. You could cross into Illinois. Just get in your I car know. and drive an hour. You'll know. I know. Is that going to be the single? Go to my Facebook page. I will. I will. I write all of it. Uh, all that awesome. stuff is written okay. by me. Right. It's not like, oh, oh Dennis thinks life is good and it was good to see you in North Carolina. Ah, who cares? Right, right. I write, I write about stuff that, that I wow. think is interesting to me. What was it like working with Julian? Um... Fantastic. Yeah. And here's what happened. Making my last album, it's called 26 East, which is the um, <clears throat> the address of my parents' house where the band was formed in 62. Really? Wow. Yeah. So I thought, look, oh, look, the artwork's there. It's it's it's, it's wonderful. Even if I do say, if I don't say it, who the fuck is I know, say right, it? sure. So anyway, um, yeah. So I, I'm going to write a song about seeing the Beatles on Sullivan, how it changed my life and changed the lives of millions. Right. And you're too young to. When, to when, when did you first see him? February 9th, 1964. Wow. Ed Sullivan. That's oh, the Ed Sullivan show. Sure. Right. Yeah. The Ed Sullivan. Okay. Show. I thought you meant in, in person concert. No, 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 no. And I, I, I and I wrote, I called it Hello Goodbye. Right. So I took a bunch of their song titles and weaved them into a narrative about the effect it had on my life and millions of others. Right. And musically it pays, you know, homage to that, what they did. Sure. <clears throat> Something I've never done on a record. Wow. And um, not that I couldn't have, but I thought that's sacred right. to me. So I did it and I thought, I wrote it like a two part harmony thing. Right. And like Lennon McCartney, but it's not a Sunday's right. what? And that kind of yeah. thing. And I said, it would be cool. Wouldn't it be cool if I got, Julian Lennon sure, sing this. Right. And then I said, yeah, and it'd be cool, you know, if you lived to 100 and it made another $20 million, <laughs> that'd be cool too. I know, right? So um, wow. I composed an email and about to send it. And I thought, you can't, this guy can't sing this song. It's not his story. Right. And it sounds like a, it'll be, he'll crucify, they'll crucify him. So I went to the piano. <clears throat> I started thinking about Julian Lennon. Mm-hmm. What kind of a song would I write if he and I were going to sing it? And right. I wrote the song. To right. the Good Old Day. It's called To the Good Old Days. Right. And it's the first single. Wow. And uh, I sent it, I sent him a demo, you know, two verses, a chorus, just piano. Mm-hmm. Don't know the guy. Right. And he, he emailed me back and said he'd be honored. And I thought, wow. this can't this this can't be right. <laughs> That's when I knew that the universe is doomed. 
Why doomed? Because he wanted to. Because Julian, because John Lennon's son Julian decided to sing a song with me. (laughs) I said, "What? What's next? Lunch with Yoko? I don't know." (laughs) So we did it, and it's fantastic. Um, And there you go. It's the lead. It's the lead single from the record. Where did you record it? I went to. uh, He was in New York doing a. um, He's um, honorary chairman of the Lupus Foundation. Oh yeah. I flew to New York and we recorded it in Brooklyn. Right. And that was wow. it. We met in the studio. We communicated a bunch. And uh, <clears throat> there you go. We so, walked in and I said, let's try this. We we were in the control room because, I, I, you know, I know is I, I studied his. Listen, I got a couple of his records. Sure. I didn't do this because um <clears throat> Just simply because he's John's son. I did it because he can sing and he has talent. Sure. Okay. Jules was the, he's the real deal. So, um, you know, he suffers. How do you, how do you follow in that, in those footsteps? His voice is sounds so so much like John too. So uh, what's he going to do? He's, he's, he is what he is. So, um, did you get to meet any of the Beatles, uh, personally at all? Yeah. I met McCartney. Yeah. Well, and, on tour, uh, or but when was yeah, that? Yeah, ni- ni- 1991, backstage. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I've met three presidents, including our sure. current. Oh, and yeah. I thought, and I thought, eh, okay, right? Eh, okay. And then oh. I met McCartney, and I this is what I said to him. Come on, you're a musician. Was it one That's of your shows or his shows? His show. Right. Paul McCartney. And which, which Paul city? McCartney. Uh, it was in Chicago, in Chicago, right? At Soldier Field. Wow. And um, fi- I finally calmed down enough. Right. I had to have my wife speak for me. You put two words together. And and as you know, I am I'm not short on words. Right. Not shy. But at that time, and finally, I said to him, "Hey, Paul, I just want to thank you, man. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have a big house and fancy cars." <laughs> and that's true. Right. So I'm in there with I'm in there with Jules, and. We start singing together in the control room. I thought, I thought, this is going to be good. I didn't say it. Uh, And then um, he he started, I had a a scratch vocal down. And he followed everything I did. And then I said, man, you got to do one like you would do it. Right. He did it. I said, great. And I came back in in here and redid my vocal to match him. Mm -hmm. And that happened. That was it. Wow. I mean, it's like That's cool. somebody pinched me. Right, right. That's great. Yeah, it was great. And so that's the last record. I, although, you know, I did like 18 songs and the record company said, let's let's split it into two albums. <laughs> right. They did. And so it's going to there's going to be a, I'm, here's can you how much more pretentious can you get than this? Mm. There's volume one and volume two. Right. <laughs> I mean, really? I said, what? They, what the marketing people said, yeah. I said, okay. Right. Oh. And that was it. I did it. Well, and, uh, you it, know, was the, it was the concept album. <laughs> I was going to ask, was Grand Illusion originally a concept album? Well, totally. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I know some of the other ones were, but I, it seems yeah, like it it's. The, it was the first one. So what? what's the theme? What's the overarching concept, would you say? We're living in the era of what I wrote about 1977 in spades. Yeah. where don't think about it i talk what i said in that song what i was saying was 
we live in a capitalist society driven by the idea that everyone is trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. And I just came out and said it in the song. I don't know if any band had ever done that. Right. I don't think so. I just said, we're a grand illusion. Right. Don't believe this. That's what I was saying. I said, don't be fooled by the radio. Yeah. Which was us, the, the TV, TV or the magazines, right. Right. which was you. So, so the, illu- the illusion is that everyone can make it or everyone has an equal chance at success? No, not even close to that. <laughs> the illusion. Go back and read the lyrics when we're done. The illusion so, is, here it is in a nutshell. Don't be fooled by the radio, TV, magazines. They'll show you photographs of how right. your life should be, Should be right. Those are just other people's fantasies. Right. So if you think your life is complete confusion because you never win the game, remember it's the grand illusion deep inside. Right. We're all, all the, the same. same. Right. Even though you're looking up me on the stage in the good light, acting like I'm I'm a big shot. Mm-hmm. I'm you. I'm you. Right. Right. And the last line in the song is called "America spills competition." Join us in our blind ambition. And get yourself a brand new motor car. But someday soon we'll stop to ponder what on earth the spell we're under. Right. We made the grade and still we wonder who the hell we are. Mm. It's about consumerism. Okay. So it's it's about not buying in to the fallacy that even we were producing. And that's what the grand illusion was. Superstars, the next song. Right. Same vein. Say, I know what it feels like. The singer saying, I see you out there in the shadow of the 14th row. Right. But I know what you're feeling and thinking because just a few short years ago, that was me. Right. And uh, that's what the grand illusion was. And now in this, in, in real terms today, you tell me where technology is taking us when very soon, if not now, and we're just scratching the surface, humans will have a, diffi- a difficult time interpreting uh, reality from fake reality. Right. Through digital manipulation. It's going to be tough on humans. And I did say in 1982, the problem's plain to see. Too much technology. Machines to save right. our lives. Right. Machines dehumanize. And everyone yep. thought Mr. Rabata was just a clever little fun song with a good hook. Right. Which it was. But I, I, I was trying to say message. Yeah, no, if Bruce had sung it, everybody in the world would have written how smart it was. Right, right. But these assholes from Chicago did it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But technology, yeah, technology today rules our lives. Think about it. Sure. And, you know, I was saying it. And I'd like to say I was prescient, but in in most ways, I I couldn't even, there's no way I could have imagined what it has actually become. Although I felt, because I come from a working class neighborhood, I felt the sting of job replacement early on and recognized it mm-hmm. and, and knew from my experience, my dad's generation, my aunts, all my aunts, uncles, and my neighbors um, raised families and were able to get by in this world working in factories. And uh, it was apparent that that was, that was coming to an end. Right. And all the problems we have today, even you can link it to drug use, suicide, you know, all this opioid sure. shit. It's all about right. people having no dignity. Right. Uh, because they they need to feel some self-worth and what they do for a living. 
boy, did this turn serious? It's true, though. <laughs> you know? Sure, sure. I mean, that's it. And that's what I said a long time ago. And uh, I had the grand delusion right, 100%. Right. Go back and read it. And yeah, I, I sure. have to toot my own horn because sure. people people think Sticks as a band that, you know, made you could sing along to that shit. Yeah. So we're coming to I I I would have played the Grand Illusion, Great. and and it, amazingly to me, people are, will be so excited. And here's how lucky I am, my friend. Yeah, I'm going to come there, and you know what they're going to do? Mm. If people see me, they're going to thank me for coming to Davenport, right. as if I'm there with the Red Cross. <laughs> I'm not there with disaster relief. Right. I'm there making a buck. You know. But it's relief. How, You're providing relief in some way, right? I or, I didn't realize it. When I was starting out, I was just trying to be queen and foreigner, for God's sakes. Right, right. And now I realize, um, I guess, the value of what I provide for human beings, which is really um, distraction. Right. Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, do you think it's trying to take people away from their problems or like you're saying with some of the songs, you're addressing the problems of today. I believe wholeheartedly that and this is where rock journalists have gotten it all done, yeah. but they did it because like you words are your lifeblood, right, right? It's an intellectual endeavor, but quite frankly, they're not that important. I'm just telling you lyrics don't matter like music because mm. How do we become successful in countries that don't speak right. English? They don't understand the words, right? <laughs> the, the, right. Come on. So um, here's what I'll, people can recite a lot of my lyrics back to me, but overall in concert, people will go, I'm saying, oh, that's a bad example because everybody knows that song. Right, right. But tonight, and I will make history. Right. La, 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 sure. la, la. Sure. And they'll know that. Then they go, baby, baby, baby. La, la, la. <laughs> yeah, they won't know. They'll know the melody, but, though, won't they? But I mean, to you, the words are important, like you said, for certain songs that apply. Yeah, that's what made us different from Journey. Yeah. And Foreigner. And Boston. Sure. Sticks tried to say something. Right. You know, maybe it's, in our own kind of, uh, you know, hard on the sleeve way, it wasn't, you know. I, I listen. I don't even understand it all, but I know what we talked about unemployment. We it, it wasn't you know sure. we talked about the value of money and pieces of eight and mm -hmm. the grand illusion. We talked about right. that Paradise Theater. Mm -hmm. We talked about stuff, and um, I'm proud of that. Sure. But really, for most people, it's don't worry, God, don't uh, miss. The, sure. That's what it is. Right. And it's fun. They're going to do the robot, right. and they're going to sing the song. <laughs> And I'm going to go, whatever, whatever makes you happy. I know, right? Even when I explain this, when I explain these lyrics to a smart guy like you, oh, you don't even know what the Grand Delusion is about. Yeah, you know, the, you know the album, the song. I mean, I knew that you had an overarching concept and you're, you know, having big yeah. names in there. Big names talking about, well, big names and also about the, the average, the average bloke. You know, how do I fit in here? Right, right. Some, you know, how do I know? So how do I got? Go ahead. Your turn. I was just going to ask. I mean, it must seem strange over the years to have, you know, the sticks 
Stick's still touring and, you know, the band is still singing your songs. Is that frustrating? Is that a compliment? Is that... If you had your choice between between seeing the current Sticks, me, or all of us together, what, what, what would you choose? I don't know. You'd pe- People probably say they'd want to see the original, the original You're act. You're goddamn right, right they would. Sure. Absolutely. And why wouldn't you? It's what I would want. Right. You know, if somebody says McCartney and Ringo, the only two left, you see what I'm the saying? Fa- I'm there. The I'm going. Right. The fab, I'm there. <laughs> right? But if you say Jagger will be here and Richards will be someplace else, right? You know, he's not playing the Enormo Dome; he's in the little theater. Sure. It's the it's the romantic notion of the name and those cats that really matters. Mm-hmm. But is it still- so when I, when I see it, listen, the music was so was so valuable and so um, varied. Two entities exist right now. <laughs> and I both have great success at right. drawing people, but put them together. Right now, you're that's, talking. That's a super group. Right now, you're now you're saying something. So n- neither of you begrudge the other success in the catalog <laughs> and performing. Still, all I want is one last tour, right, for the fans. Sure. Say so here, uh, you know, Mo, Larry, and Curly on the same stage. <laughs> Reminding people, oh, that's what that was about. Mm. Because they can't be sticks without me. Right. They cannot. And I cannot be sticks without them. Touche. So is like Journey still Journey without Steve Perry and <clears throat> no Ch- Chicago without Peter Starer or a bunch of their members? <laughs> no. No, they play they play the music. Right, right. And um you know, you can, you can, Journey's had like four or five guys take Steve Perry's place. Right, right. But see, the difference is Steve doesn't want to be in Journey. Right. Peter doesn't want to be in Chicago. Yeah. Dennis wants one more tour. There, <laughs> my friend, is the difference. And, you know, like Lou Graham, Lou, Lou's with Foreigner. Right. Lou is the best singer of our generation, right, I right. think. My opinion. Yeah. To do anything. But, you know, he's because of, universe not spinning in his direction he's he doesn't have the ability he once had right and that's a fact so and it's true with steve too i mean as great as steve was he's not he's not that guy right anymore and uh so but when people tens of thousands of people still come out to see they're coming out it's a testament it's a testament to the songs my friend right those songs They'll never die. I'm right. not just ours. Right. Those are the songs that people want to hear. Sure. I'm, I'm not going to stop them. Right. You know, who am I to, who am I to tell people what to like? <laughs> and I was, still, I did a New York times piece recently. They interviewed me about cover bands mm-hmm. and the whole bent was, who are you paying to see? And this is a scam. That right. was the guy's angle. And, He asked me and I told him, is it up to me to tell people how to spend their money if it brings them joy? It's not up to me. I know what I would prefer. But if people want to go see the temptation, well, temptations too, or the the platters, they're Mm -hmm. all dead. 
I know. You can't go see them. They're dead. It's like Elvis. Elvis is dead, but you have all these tribute acts. And it's getting, it's going to be more ubiquitous as we go along. Right. They were going to, because they're all, because we're all gone. Right. right. And then right now I play performing arts centers mm -hmm. and on the schedule to show money. And there will be uh, the Australian Pink Floyd, the Bulgarian right. Beatles, you know, right. but it'll be something. <laughs> and I'll think to myself, well, that's just because of the music. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell people what they should like. Sure. I know what I like. Right, right. I ain't going. <laughs> Is it tough for you to keep up your energy and give them the same quality as you did 50 years ago? Um, the lights come up. <laughs> I do my job. Right, right. I give them what I got. Sure. Have you seen me recently? Sure. Have you seen I haven't, I haven't myself. <clears throat> when you hang up, go and just type sure. in Dennis Young sure. on YouTube. There's sure. a concert there, Dennis Young live in L.A. That's my right. band. Right. I have a new drummer. Listen to me sing and watch me perform, and it's up to you. Right. I mean, yeah, I might can still. You know, if I go, lady, when you're with me, I'm <laughs> sure. That's a that's me. Sure. Nobody else does that but me. Here's the here's the news. <laughs> when I first heard my my, my voice, mm -hmm. right? I thought I don't like that. I don't I, I don't want to sound really? like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know why? I was young and I said I don't sound like anybody else. I don't mm -hmm. like it. I want to sound like my favorite singer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. But now, who was your I favorite at the time? I dare you to find somebody who sounds like me. I know, right? I've not heard anyone who really who really does me. Right. Yet there's five thousand Steve Perry's apparently. Right. <laughs> who was your favorite growing up? Singers. Yeah. First guy I loved. The first singer I loved. <clears throat> Free, you know, really being a rock and roll uh, aficionado. Mm -hmm. I remember was a lot of fifties music I listened to because I was thirteen, twelve. Sure. I love Johnny Mathis. Right, sure. Because you could, you know, you could get the girls to slow dance and <laughs> make out. Smooth, right? You, if you're gonna, gonna get some kissing, right? Why wouldn't I want that? I know. Um, but when I started really focusing on rock and roll, um, I I loved Elvis's voice. Sure. Uh, first single I thought was Jerry Lee Lewis, um, "Great Balls of Fire," mm -hmm. which I have signed by him. Wow. And um, then I, I, I loved Roy Orbison and Gene Pitney. Right, right. Because they, they had those voices, you know, like me. Sure. Which were, you know, kind of like, I don't mean that like I'm, right. I'm them, but those tannery, right, sure. dr dramatic singers. Right, right. Um, and so, and then as, and then when the Beatles, it was Paul or John. Right. And after that, then I was in the business and then I was competing against people. Right. But early on, listen, the two greatest singers in rock are Elvis first and uh, Paul second. Right. And then on that top 10 list, I put Tom Jones. I put him on that list. So what was it like for you to have your hit singles at the same time? You know, McCartney and Wings had their hit singles. Anytime a Beatles song plays to this day on the on the radio and one of ours follows, I can't believe it. <laughs> You're in the same company, right? I can't, well, not exactly, 
but we're in the, the same, same fucking, playlist. Right. We're in the same neighborhood. Right. Yeah. They're at their they're, they're house on the hill. Mm-hmm. And we're over here, you know, on the Bowery. <laughs> well, of course, everybody did, is. Did, did you nobody, think? Nobody compares to those guys. Sure. It was a miracle. Yeah. It's a miracle of songwriting. And Paul and John didn't even read music, really. No, um, you know, there, there's people who have music in their fingers. Right. And some have it in their brain. There's right. people who have it in their soul. Right. I'm going with the soul. <laughs> A lot of people have music in their fingers. I've met them. Yep. I'm dazzled. Right. Next. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Yep. Technical skills only go so far. Right, After sure. you've seen that the person can do that. Right. What's the song? Yep. Did you ever think that Babe was going to be your biggest hit? I didn't even. Was that was, never, that was, was a love song for Suzanne, right? It, it was not written for sticks. I went in, I came off the road yeah. after Pieces of Eight, and I was really depressed. I was in a bad state. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to thank her for sticking by me right. for tough times. And I wrote that song for her birthday. I got John and Chuck, the Panazos, mm-hmm. my Gumparachi and the, my Paisans. <laughs> we go into the studio and um, there was nobody there. So I sang all the parts. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm going to play it for her birthday. And that is hers. Give her the reel to reel. Make it a new cassette. That's it. That's it. Never gave it any thought. Really? Nope. What did, she, what did she think of it? She loved it. Sure, sure. But what, you know, I mean. But that was hey. it. And that was it. And then I played it. All the people at the party went, Jesus. That's, that's, that's a hit. That's good. Right. That's, I said, well, it's not for the band. Hmm. See, there's no big guitars on it. Right, right. They were on vacation. <laughs> the demo is the record. Yeah, just the keyboard. and yeah. I just put Tommy Solo on there. Right. I sang all the parts. Right. That's not sticks. That's just me. And so yeah. people, well, listen, people convinced me. And then it was so special to people. I was scared to change the arrangement. Right. And otherwise, if, if I'd have sat down with the boys, that, that would have been a different right. record. Right. And, but they weren't there. And then the record company heard it and said, oh, that's a hit. <laughs> and then we all, I, I said, I should not try more often. <laughs> Lower your expectations. I, I wrote it fast. And wow. in the back of your mind, you're going, this doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This doesn't matter. It's just, just for this. And so you don't, you don't, um, you don't torture yourself. Like you're going to go and reread and reread and right. rewrite what you're going to write today about me. And then you're going to torture yourself to try to make the best you can make it. Yeah. That's what you do. And then you're going to write it and you're going to read it in three weeks and go, that wasn't, I can gonna make that better. <laughs> Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to make it better or not, but of course, I listened to when I said 
I listen to it now. I go, why aren't there guitars on it? Uh-huh. <laughs> but it went to number one. So what? Yeah. You know what am I bitching about? It was their only number one single. I know that's kind of hard to believe. <laughs> but um, and what's how long has Suzanne been singing with you in the band? Um. You know, 12 years, 14 years. Yeah, and that's got to be fun to have her along, right? You know, it's like I was, you know, you know why Linda McCartney was on stage with Paul? (laughs) No, seriously. Mm. You don't understand. I mean, they're partner, they're life partners. I mean, they're together and everything. Something like that, but it's it's more than that. Mm. He needed her. Yeah. He lost his band. Right. He needed her. Kind of like to anchor, he didn't have anchor him. He didn't have his mates. Right, right. He needed somebody right. who loved him unconditionally and could be yep. dependent on him. Right, sure. People, people are stupid. They're <laughs> stupid. Think about it. They don't even understand. They thought, oh, he's trying to force Linda down our throats. Right, right. That was not what it was. Right. He needed it. Sure. Don't you think? Right, sure, I understand. Yeah, we're in this together. Come on, let's go. Mm. There was no, there was no John. Right. I couldn't. I can't turn to, to my, to my colleagues now. Yeah. That's what a band is when it works. It is an indefinable group of cups <laughs> sitting in a room trying to make something out of nothing. Right. Right. And trying the different to, personalities trying to blend, trying to balance right. the inherent differences between people's yeah. tastes. Right, tough. Yeah, it's tough. But you know what? Babe, Renegade, Mister Roboto, say those three songs. Right. What do they have in common? They were hit songs. Nothing. But they're, they don't have much that, in common, right? No, they right. just came from the same band. Right. <laughs> That's like John and Paul. They were so different, but. You put them in a room, different qualities together, and yeah, and your and your weaknesses become your strengths, right? You know, just because you listen, if David Byrne could sing like Lou Graham, he would have, right? But he couldn't, so his weakness became a strength, right? Right. Nobody's saying, "Hey, David Byrne, sing somebody else's song." I know, right? It's got to be himself. when you do. You go, I don't think that's good, right? <clears throat> But when he does David Byrne and Talking yeah, Heads, it's, right. it's special to him. Yeah. Nobody else is doing it. So has it been hard? I mean, your post-Dix career, having the bands you've been with, is it trying to recapture some of that magic? Or is it is it making you miss those times? Or are you glad to be on your own? One more tour is what I want. And then the boys can go. And for the fans, that's it. Right. Uh, being being with these guys, it's lovely. They're lovely people. Sure. Um, but you know, let's face it. <clears throat> I hear you know sometimes Tommy does interviews talking about how happy he is. Well, he's in charge, right? <laughs> and other than JY, those other people are hired. They're just employees, right? Right. My band's the same way. The trick is, if everybody's on an equal footing, make that work. Mm-hmm. You. You got to understand, <clears throat> the Rolling Stones aren't the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Mm-hmm. As an entity, 
but they are as the Rolling Stones. Right, right. You listen to their playing sure. and you think you t- as individuals, yeah. but put them together. Right. They spell mother. Yeah. <laughs> That's what bands do. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the bass player is not as good as the bass player. Sure. And that, it's right. not that that's not what it is. Right. It's what those piece those pieces come together and create. Yeah. You're agreeing with me a lot. Yeah, you're making good points. I'm gonna stop doing that as soon as I can. Um so what's been your biggest thrill uh, the past twenty years? I mean, do you have a career highlight since Dix? Other than this interview with you? Well, well thank you. Just... Um no, you you know, you you're a musician, so you you have an, a point of view that's sure. not that's based in music. Sure. My success in Canada has, and most, and 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 specifically in Quebec, there I'm sting. I'm sting in Quebec. <laughs> it don't even make any sense. It's just been a, a, a it's it's phenomenal. They loved me since awesome. the first time they heard Great. they heard Sweet Man in Blue in 1975. <laughs> it's true, right. and they've never stopped. Good. And so that's like. It's very special to me. And I, here's what I think. I can't believe I spent my life not making you like Dennis Dio. Mm. I'm, I spent my life making you like, like a four-letter word, <laughs> sticks. Sure. And the fact that people will come out and see me now and give me what I would consider as a pretty damn good living. Sure. Just to hear me. Remarkable. Sure. Absolutely remarkable. Right. And... You know, I owe, I owe it all to my time with those guys. Right. So I I think I have it in the proper perspective. Right. You know, the sum of the of its of the parts and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I believe I always wanted I say I wanted to be a baseball player when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I always saw bands as an extension of a team and and liked it. Right. But in every sure. team. Sure. Every team there's a couple of players that are more important than the others. Right. It's the way life is. Right. The acceptance and acknowledgement of it is, is a good thing. I mean, uh, did, did the Chiefs win the – are they going to win that with the, the, the backup quarterback? They're not even in the game. Right, right. That's a fact. He could have been a so, bear. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> so what is what's it like to have people singing along during your shows? I mean, do you get to – to see the fans and interact and what does that mean to you to see, to see them singing along? Yeah. Worst thing I've ever experienced. I don't know why they do it. You'd rather it's they just joy. be quiet. It's, <laughs> it's a joy. Yeah. They should just sit there and go, eh, that was okay. It's a joy beyond belief. Right. Right. I mean, it just is. I think, like I said, I wanted to beat foreigner and queen. And then this happened. Don't know why. I guess it is. People liked it. I'll go back and listen and I'll go, that could have been better. (laughs) McCartney did. He re-recorded all the Beatles songs. I bought it and I listened. I said, wasted time. (laughs) You wasted your time, Paul. (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh. Whatever was wrong with the originals, whatever flaws you heard, we loved them. Right. Is there going to be a Dennis DeYoung or a Sticks biopic like Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man? Yes, We've been offered that, and really, I'm, 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 yeah, and I'm told that The Rock is going to play me. Hey, that's a natural. Yeah, right? I mean, we look alike. <laughs> There's a, that resemblance is uncanny, right? Yeah, well, people are just they're saying things like, 
Well, there's the rock. Where's the roll? He he sang in Moana, right? Well, I guess he did. So, so no, no, there'll be no biopic about us. We're too we're small potatoes. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. There's a, there's there got to be a whole line of people ahead of us. Maybe they'll do a Queen one someday. Well, <laughs> where he actually sings. Hey, um, did you did you watch Mr. Robot the series? No, I don't think so. Anyway, that's that's Rami Rami Malek. He was in that series. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it just finished, and they, of course they played in the in the finale. They played Mr. Robot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Mr. Cool. Robot, right? Yeah, I get him. Well, that's not a it's not a leap. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate all your time, Dennis. It, it was great to talk to you. Distill this, and, distill this uh, conversation down to about 18 lines. We'll try you? to, yeah, my editor will have to work on this uh, recording. To, yeah, yeah, tell him you want to write a, I want to write a book about this guy <laughs> because he's so, he's still, he's still so fascinating and devilishly handsome. I know. Well, you are. You got, yeah, that's right. not, that's not, all right, fake, buddy, not fake I'm, news. Glad, I'm glad we talked and go Thank you so much. Again. Go home tonight and play Come Sail Away. See if you can I will. Still do I love, it. I love your stuff, so I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, I know sir. You, I knew you were a fan. Sometimes you talk to it. But you know what? The older I get, I, I this is true. The reviews I have gotten yeah. over and over for the last 12 years are just so – I would have given anything to see these kind of reviews. Oh, really? 40, 40 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. They're just wonderful. Right. Sure. And I guess, you know – the axe that was there to grind is, you know, it's dull. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice, but, uh, you know, thanks for the interview. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dennis. All right. Stay out, rock awesome. out, stay out of Rock Island. It's dangerous. <laughs> I know. Right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jonathan, that really was a great interview. Thanks for doing that. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks a lot, Todd. Yeah, it really was. It really was great. And the only editing thing we had to do is we had to cut a few of his F-bombs. But yeah, that's, that's okay. That's the nature of the business. So when you, when you were listening to it and if it kind of hiccups, that's where I took out the curse word. <laughs> Protect your kids. <laughs> that's right. We wanted it to be a family-friendly episode. So anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. The Bridge is a production of the Quad City Times and the Dispatch Argus. Our theme music is by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com. Thanks to Dennis DeYoung, Jonathan Turner, Debbie Ansom, Matt Christensen, and Alex Valentine. We'll see you next time. Now make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.